0: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the listeners' choice winner. If you're not sure how the listeners' choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. InternationalHorseCollege.com, Registered Training Organisation 31352 Hey, it's Glenys here. Just to let you know that even though the quality in this audio isn't first rate, the information certainly is. Please excuse the audio quality and focus on the education and what you'll learn in this interview. Our guest today is Danielle Keogh. Danielle's a dressage specialist, rider, trainer, coach. She competes up to FEI level. She runs a busy training and adjustment stable at the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. She's also got three sponsors Picture the Moment, Equine, Collection Equestrian Boutique, and LP Equestrian. And as well as that, Danny's a physiotherapist and Pilates instructors, and she helps riders with lower back and pelvic pain. So we'll be talking about that a bit later in the interview. How are you, Danny? I'm very good, thank you very much. Good, good. Now, Danny, you've got a favourite quote for us that you're going to talk about? I guess I have a few quotes,
1: but I definitely kind of try to live by this one. Success doesn't come with what you do occasionally, it comes with what you do consistently. Unfortunately, I think with dressage and with horses, you have to be consistent to achieve
0: success. Yeah, it's very good to go to a clinic or go somewhere and learn something and get all inspired and say, right, that's what I'm going to do and come back and ride a couple of times and that's it. Yeah. But it's got to be consistent, hasn't it? It's got to be there at a regular basis. You know, every day you've got to be thinking about, about progression. Yeah. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Now, this particular quote, Did you get told it? Did you read it? How did you come across it?
1: I actually read this all the time, I guess, uh, especially with social media. You come across things. But also I have been working not only as a physiotherapist, but with Joe Sargent coaching for a while. So, you, you tend to hear things amongst other athletes, and because I think that quote can pertain to a lot of different things, mm. not just horses. So, it uh, came by that many
0: years ago. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now, when did you actually start with horses? Do you have first memories of the day that you first started with horses?
1: Yes, very clearly. I actually started with horses when I was four. My mm-hmm. parents um, took me on a trail ride. And that was kind of it for me. Unfortunately, I hounded them nearly every day to continue riding horses. So that's how I actually started. And then it just really
0: progressed from there. (laughs) Now, the day that you went on the trail ride, do you remember the horse's name or remember anything particular incident that happened on that day? Um,
1: The horse was called Big Red, but he wasn't that big. I was only four,
0: but
1: (laughs) I think he was big for me. Yep. He was very, very gentle. I just loved him. It was a really good experience and um, my parents were there and because they weren't horsey at all. They just decided to,
0: to take us out. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, to do with your career with horses, you were actually working with horses while you were still at school, weren't you? Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, that's correct. I started working with horses probably when I was
1: about 10, there was a local riding school and every weekend I'd want to go there and, and obviously it was just free work, free labor, cleaning out stables and things like that. But to actually get a lesson, I used to have to do chores at home and, and pocket money to, to get the lesson. So that's how I first started working with horses. And then uh, as I became a little bit older and into my team, we moved to Hong Kong and I used to ride and train the x-ray horses there for them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because they get quite a few x-rays, horses there. It's Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was your career. And then what happened after school? Did you go straight into horses, straight into physiotherapy? How did that work?
1: I actually went straight into horses. I did get into university, but I wasn't sure. I really just wanted to work with horses. So yep. my parents were, were great. They said, okay, go off, go overseas and see how you go. So I did. And I went over there and I went actually because I much more into show jumping and I went to a couple of show jumping yards. But while I was over there, I decided that I wanted to get my coaching accreditation. So I went, ended up at a dressage yard with a very good coach and trainer. And and then that's when my passion for dressage, I guess, started. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's when I uh, continued on with the, the coaching my dressage. But after a couple of years of doing that, I my parents convinced me that I really need to get a degree just in case Something happened, I couldn't continue with horses, so I came back to Australia and got my physiotherapy degree, and then moved on from there.
0: Yeah, so now though you're doing, because you're doing a bit of a combination of both, aren't you? You've got your horses that you ride and train, your adjustment and training, your physiotherapy, and also your riders that you help with the physiotherapy. That's correct, yeah.
1: It's been great, actually, to be able to meld the two a little bit.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And definitely when I coach riders, my eye for biomechanics and movement and dysfunction is definitely a lot lot better and a lot sharper, and Mm -hmm. I think that I I can help them that way.
0: Yep. And a lot
1: of riders come to me as a physiotherapist for their back or hips or things
0: like that, and I definitely um, think I can offer them something along those lines as well. Good. Good. What do you think, if someone's going to work in the horse industry, and not particularly as a physiotherapist, but just work, because you've worked in show jumping yards, in dressage, you've trained horses, you've done a lot professionally before you're working for yourself, what do you think they need to have as core skills or character traits? You really,
1: I think, work in the horse industry, you have to make sure that you have the ability to work hard, and that's not just physically, but also mentally. It takes a lot of mental toughness, I think, to work with horses. I think there are so many ups and downs, and you with know, the horses, and you have to be able to ride through all of those with an even keel. And and if it's really what you truly really want, you'll be able to find a way and make sure you're just not distracted, I guess, by something things um, that might give you a, a down turn or uh, mm-hmm. again, say give you an upturn, yep. but I definitely think that you need that resilience, dedication, motivation, belief, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all those things, I think, and but definitely you need that mental and physical toughness.
0: Yep, yep. What do you think the best thing is about working in the horse industry?
1: It's amazing really working with horses and these animals. It, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to ride them. I think they humble us daily, and they, for me, they give us so much joy. I think I'm really lucky to be able to do it every day. I think that's probably the best thing about that horses is just that that joy, I think, that you can, and that they give you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It is a lot of joy, isn't it? What about people who've influenced you? People? Mm. Um,
1: I think one of the very big, when I went over to the UK and started working there, I ended up in the dressage yard. I ended up with a lady called Pammy Hutton and, um, and Jenny Lawrence and Clark, and you can't she was another yes. a good dressage rider. Yes. they influenced me quite significantly along that path and they really taught me a lot about horse management, competition management and then of course dressage itself.
0: Yep. Yep. Good, good. And that got you started, as you said, you know, had that introduction to dressage and then you haven't looked back from there.
1: Yes, that's correct. Unfortunately, that's where my passion went. I left the show jumping. I don't know if I'd be able to even see a stride now. <laughs> uh, I definitely um, love the dressage and I love the um, how much technique you need. And, yeah,
0: it's yeah, definitely yep. where, where my passion lies. Good, good. What about horses? You must have had horses or a horse that's particularly influenced you and helped you along the way. I think my
1: first horse was being uh, – it influenced me. The first pony that I got, Patchy, my parents finally come to my constant nagging and I got a little pony and the reason why I think he kind of influenced me because that was the first time I had, I had to actually manage, look after, care for, ride and I had to earn pocket money to, to try and feed him as well and go to lessons. So I think that really hit home about how much it took to take care of a, you know, a horse and I didn't look back, but my first kind of horse that I think really influenced me was a horse called Belcam Argentina. She was really my first good horse, and she was extremely talented. Unfortunately, it broke my heart. I had to sell her, literally, but she went to an exceptional home and went on to be quite successful, and I think that she was truly really my
0: most influential horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good. What about your proudest moment? Was she the one that you had your proudest moment on, or what do you think your proudest moments have been?
1: You know, I think I've I've got lots of proud men and so small and large. I mean, daily, I think, wow, that's fantastic. This horse has finally got it. But definitely, she was the first horse that I did well at big competitions, 2 stars, state level, got into national. You know, she was the first horse that I actually started to really do well on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, winning it at state level, that's kind of, wow, that
0: was good. Good, good. Just to do with that, you know, because you've got sponsors. So have you been approached by sponsors? Do you approach sponsors? You've got three sponsors. Now, people want sponsors just to fall out of the sky and come along and give them the most fabulous things so that they can just retire with their horse and get sponsored and have everything paid for. Tell me a bit about how, how I, yeah, you're laughing, <laughs> but, you know, I mean this, I, yeah, I, I think we've, you know, it, it's not going to just happen, but how did this happen that you've got three? Do they approach you? Do you approach them? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I'm in, I'm incredibly lucky. I, the sponsors I had are absolutely fantastic, and they actually did approach me. But it doesn't it doesn't really always work like that. Usually, you do have to kind of put applications in, or uh, a lot of people do look for sponsors, and then you put applications in, or you approach people as well, and just maybe put in a, a letter, or um, just ask them if, if they would be looking for someone. Mm-hmm. Social media is massive, so you don't always have to have runs on the on the board for sponsors to want to put their brand with you. But you definitely have to be out there showing off their brand and they either by social media which is huge or out at competitions, out at clinics, things like that. You know, I think for sponsors to give these things I think I have to reciprocate as best I can, you know, after their name, wherever I go, put it forward Mm. kind of thing and help them out just as much as they're helping me out.
0: Yes, because the reason that they are even sponsoring you, you know, ultimately they're in business to make money to get sales you know, when it all boils yeah, down. Yeah. So you've got to do whatever you can. You've got to like product in the first place, but then you've got to be able to recommend the product to other people and put yourself in the position, whether it's as a high-level rider or quite active on social media, to put yourself and their brand out in front of people. That's
1: exactly, exactly that. Mm. So, I mean, like you said, at the end of the day, it's to, to make money. So if people can the more people that see me in at clothing, the more people see me with their the bandages and saddle cross, the more it's just out there and and yep. you know, more people click on it, more people yep. go to their website and that just generates
0: obviously um its own mm. of income and things like that. Yep. Yep. What do you think's been your biggest challenge on your way to being where you are now? My biggest challenge
1: I would definitely say when I when I sold my, my girl in Argentina and mm-hmm. I went Obviously, coming back and starting again, finding another horse and doing it all again and, and, you know, no one knows you. And it, it's really difficult to, to break back into the world and take so much work. And, yeah, you have to really want it, I guess, because there's lots of sacrifices that you have to do. And I think that's, that's been the biggest challenge, just mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. that that one direction, that one goal and just not looking in any other direction, looking ahead and, and just, yeah, leading it as soon as it comes and that's probably the biggest challenge.
0: Because ideally you've got a couple of horses, you know, you've got the main horse that you're competing on plus a secondary horse and even maybe a young horse that's coming on. What advice would you say for someone who finds themselves in the position you were? You know, where they've been out, they've competed, but now they're without a horse and they'd like to just be able to get back into it and start again and start with their first horse again. What would you say to them? It really depends on the bank
1: balance. I had to start very young, not even broken in, and and build back up. Mm -hmm. But if you have a little bit more money, it's always good to have a horse that's already a little bit along the way. It just saves so much time and training, I think, and a lot of the time – there are exceptionally good horses out there and really good trainers who've started the horses. So you can get something that, that's already going, you're already out into the competition room. But if you get something green, even though you might think that you grow with it and you love it and all that kind of stuff, you're looking at two or three years before you, you know, really get into a serious competition.
0: Yep, yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, I want you to put on your physiotherapist hat now because you said that you often, when you're coaching people, you know you can look at the way their bodies align, look at the biomechanics and fix up some problems. What's a common problem or common problems that you do see and also what can the riders do to fix them?
1: The most common problem is really the seat problem. There are different types of uh, seat positions and really the the two most common are either the the fork seat or the perch seat or the slumped or couch seat. They're the two main rider problems that you see because everything really stems from that. Your leg position and your upper body position, how you hold your hands, the strength that you have in your upper body really comes from that pelvic position in the saddle. So I think if you can correct that and help riders correct that, what it can do is then loosen the hips to allow longer legs freedom of movement. It can allow the upper body to sit up taller. It can allow the shoulder blades to sit in a better position. Um, so And getting riders, especially if riders have horses that they ride, you know, eight to nine horses every day. something They can practice it on the horse, which functionally is fantastic. But everyone doesn't have that opportunity. So you have to do so much on the ground then to to try and build the strength in the correct muscles to be able to transfer that into the saddle and on a moving thing, you know. So I think you you really have to work hard
0: off the horse to be able to correct those movement dysfunctions. I think that's coming back to, it doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you're doing, I think you said all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And I guess that's why I love that quote. You just have to, you have to be, It's daily dedication, and it's not just just getting out and riding the horse. I mean, if you expect that horse to be able to make all these changes and feel uncomfortable in its body and do all these amazing things for you, Mm. well, I think you should be sure that when you're sitting in that saddle, you're balanced and you're making the corrections and you're making sure that you're in the right position as well.
0: Yep, yep. Danielle, have you got a book that you can recommend?
1: Well, I love Carl Hester's books. So he's got two <laughs> kind of training books. And uh, I think the Down to Earth out is one, and maybe real, real Dressers or Real Life Dressers. Um, both of his books are fantastic. I mean, obviously, he's well renowned. He's a fantastic trainer. But also, I just, when you read really those books, you just think, right? Well, I can give it a go. It's not complicated. But, you know, you just have to. You're going to make mistakes, but you have to learn from your mistakes. And yep. but it's just try. Okay. So, so, okay. It, it gives you a little bit of bravery, I think, in the saddle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. We'll get the details of those books off you, and uh, put them on your page, mm-hmm. which will be horsechats dot com slash Danielle Keogh, or just go and search for Danielle in horsechats dot com to find that page. Now, Danny, what are you looking forward to? What does your future hold?
1: Well, I definitely I have a couple of very good horses that I'm riding at the moment. And I really hope I, I get both of them to Grand Prix. One, one of them is coming up to, to Grand Prix in the next couple of years. So, and then the younger than there, she's kind of stepping up to medium this year. So I just hope that uh, I treat them well and I get them all the way to Grand Prix. And then obviously, who knows from there, it's...
0: You just have to see how far we can go, really. Good, good. And I'm sure that you'll be keep working on them consistently as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Do you want to sum up your philosophy with horses just into a lesson today so listeners can take that away with them?
1: It probably would go back to my same quote. I mean, you just have to remember that really there are all children who are better than you and have more with you or might have better opportunities, but just know that they that no one can work harder for them. Um, I'm able to determine the destination you. It's really that's just up to us, and that's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to work for it, you just have to work hard and be consistent.
0: Yes, yes, and I think that's it. It's the consistency, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Danny, how can people contact you?
1: They can contact me through my page on Facebook. So Danielle Keo Dressage, and my phone number is on there as well. Uh, I have a list of my. I email, but I'm on there all the time, so they yeah. just have to send me a, and send a again, message. I reply fairly quickly. Yeah, I reply fairly
0: quickly. Perfect. Or my
1: phone number is on there, they can send me a text as
0: well. And those details will be on horsechats.com slash Danielle Keogh or just go to horsechats.com and search for Danielle and you'll find it. Daniel, thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been great talking to you as a physiotherapist, but also as a coach and someone who is riding at a high level, so understands the rider's position and also understands, has that depth of knowledge. So you're sort of using your, your training, you know, to complement each other. So thanks for talking to us today and hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Not a
1: problem. Thank you very much
0: for having me. Bye. Right. Bye. Right.